Podcast. I'm your host, Bree. And I'm Abby. And, and it's, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful day to podcast. podcast. Really got that down. If, well, first of all, we're a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're deep diving into every single episode currently in season eight. Uh-huh. If you have not seen all of Grey's Anatomy, beware, this is a spoilers podcast. We talk about everything, even things that... Aren't on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, the show. <laughs> right. So we're, uh, we started in season one, episode one. So go back and listen to that, but also like be warned. Yeah. We'll talk about this in a second. Yes. Uh, we've gotten a lot better as we've gone. So there are a ton of ways that you can be involved with the podcast besides just listening. If you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash the on-call room, where you can pledge to be an intern, a resident, or an attending, which all have different levels of gifts, I'm going to call them today. Sometimes I call them bonuses. Yeah. Uh, We get bonus episodes once a month. We go in like a live Zoom hangout with our $10 attending patrons once a month. You can co-host. You can join our Facebook group. We send you mail. You get the episode a day early. Yeah, it's really great. Oh, you get our show notes. Um, And also, I just want to remind people that if you pledge to be a resident and you want to get those bonus episodes, you unlock all of our previous bonus episodes. Right, which at this point, is got to be like two years worth. Yes. So um, just something to think about if you have binged through the podcast and you're sad that you're once a week listening to it, um, become a $5 patron and you can unlock all of those, listen to it, and then stop being a patron. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a great hack. Um, our February one is going to be a deep dive on Alex Karev and a send-off. So if yes. you are sad about that, that's a great one to listen to. Um, another way you can support us is follow us on Instagram at the On Call Room Pod. And if you have any questions or comments for us or concerns, we suggest you go to our website at www.theoncallroompod.com where you can fill out the contact form Um, and send us a message there. Also, we're on Spotify. Yes. So hello from Spotify, if that's where you're listening. (laughs) And if not, and you like that app better, go check it out. Yes. Um, And then the last way that we ask that you support the podcast, if you enjoy it, is to rate and review on iTunes or on Spotify. I, I think, can you leave reviews on Spotify? I keep meaning to look into that, and I'm unsure. Well, if you can, there too. Um, we asked for five scalpels. I got five stars. Um, and it really helps other people find the podcast. And so we appreciate anyone who has taken the time to leave a review. We always like to, if we get a new review, we like to feature one. And, <laughs> you know, we always feature our best reviews, but sometimes we don't get great reviews. And we're humble enough that we'll talk about them. So, yeah. So, uh, if your username is iMackenzie, spelled E-Y-E, you probably you, stopped listening. <laughs> we're going to ask you to, yeah, you probably did not make it this far, but if you are listening, we're going to ask you to reconsider after we have to say some things. So yes. this is your lovely review. It's a two scalpel. At least it's not a one. I was going to say, I appreciate that it's, a, <laughs> but like, she was like, mm, one is too rough, I'll do two. Yeah. It says, this is the most non-satisfying podcast to listen to. <laughs> You're welcome. The sound quality is not good, and it's so unprofessional. Like, I can hear phones vibrating in the background. Which can you? Probably. <laughs> Maybe like once. Maybe they get better as they go along. In parentheses, there are a lot of gray seasons to give them time to get better. But I just find myself fast forwarding through the episodes. Wanted to like it, but can't. Hopefully in later episodes, they understand making a podcast isn't just like having a conversation. A lot of it is production, period. Well, I think we tried to figure that out and... uh <laughs> We're doing the best we can, <laughs> yeah. you know? We have, let's see, we have two microphones now. We have someone that edits our podcast. We have like a like spit guard thing yeah, on our microphones. it looks like a condom. Yeah, um, to help with the noises. We, yeah, we put our phones on silent. silent. We, still uh, we pour, try not to tap things. We still pour wine. Yes. Also, I think, it, remember season one, a, we were at my house a lot, which was echoey. And B, then we went to your one apartment, which was also like loud in traffic. Yeah. We haven't had a lot of traffic Maybe issues. Maybe she in a listened while. to the episode with Reva, who's like sounded like she was in a oh, distant room, like in the other room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was not Reva's fault at all. No, it's because we had one microphone for three, three people. people. <laughs> so, you know, and the reason that we've been able to get more mics and more equipment yes. and things is because of Patreon. And so we're so grateful for all of our supporters. Um, And we hope to make it even better, expand even more. And we're always thinking of new ways. So I understand. I understand (laughs) the review. Um, But keep listening. But keep going. And if you have friends who listen, just tell them to skip it. Yeah, start in season two. Even three. three. (laughs) Start in 
season eight and go backwards. Yeah. Um, so you can fall in love with us in season eight <laughs> and then just like have a, a joyful look on your yes. face when you listen to season one. Perfect. So. Um, all right. That is it for our announcements. We're still not quite to our next Patreon goal, which is to record a post-op episode, which will be 10 minutes bonus basically of like when Brie and I usually hit stop, we tend to just keep talking. So we're going to record that and give that just to our patrons, but we need to hit our goal for that first. So go to patreon.com slash the on call room to check that out. Perfect. Um, pour your wine, drink your coffee, and we will be right back. Hello, we're back. Hi. Um, so I just have a short story about Marge. Oh, can't wait. Um, so, Marge content. Yeah, so John and I have been realizing that, like, in the past couple of days, like, Marge has been drinking a lot of water. Okay. Like, every time I go up to her water bowl, it's empty. Is she pregnant? Well, no. Oh. And so then, like, last night, I filled her water bowl, and I went and did stuff, and I came back, and it was, like, it was completely empty. And I was like, holy shit. Like, she's very thirsty. That's, like, a lot of water right. for my cat and- to drink in one thing. So we fill it up again, and then John, or Marge and I are sitting on the couch, and Marge hadn't left my lap, and John goes into the kitchen, and the water's gone again. And so he was like, wait, Marge hasn't even been out here. We're fucking idiots. Her bowl was broken. So he picks up the bowl. There's a huge crack down the middle of it. So my poor cat, I don't know for how long. <laughs> hasn't had water. Hasn't had water because we've been thinking she's been drinking it. And she was like trying that night to stick her head. She does this anyway. And stick drink. her head in my cup. Oh. Like, and drink my water. And I was like, get down. And I was all mad at her. <laughs> cat was, or John was doing research and he was positive she had cat diabetes. <laughs> oh my God. And do, what, do you at least leave the toilet seat open? Yeah. You think maybe she drank that Yeah. Day? And also we have a drip in our bathroom oh sink. So I think she was getting it from there and. You know, probably water glasses left around. She probably thought, like, what did I, what did I what do? Did I do? <laughs> what did I do? My favorite part, though, was John was convinced she had cat diabetes, but didn't tell me until after he found the crack in the bowl. He was like, oh, oh God, I thought we were going to have to, like, put her on insulin. And I was like, oh, no, she doesn't have cat diabetes. She just had a broken bowl. <laughs> That's so sad. Was it, like, a slow enough leak that when you pour it, it doesn't immediately? Right, yeah. Just water. Meanwhile, Numan or Numan. Numan. Yeah. He's just getting. Just he's like, why leaks. is my ceiling leaking every day? <laughs> because my cat's bowl was. It's a really cute bowl too. It was really disappointing. Is it like ceramic? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how it broke. That's wild. Yeah. So I have that's an my animal story. story. Mine is not as funny or weird, but uh, I feel jealous because you're talking about yours. <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> I do. Want to talk about mine. Yesterday was beautiful outside. Mm. The whole city of Grand Rapids was out and about, it felt like. Except for me. Except for you. Were you watching Netflix? I was just watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I bet you had the sun shining on you. Yeah. So we went, I I think Jake and I, like, he thought I was mad at him. So he, like, knew I love going on walks. He's like, do you want to go on a walk today? Yeah. I was like, yes, that's my love language. I love walks. And so he even was like, let's go to Kenosha Park, which is my favorite. And I was like, really? And I recently got McCoy this, like, 30-foot-long dog leash so that when there's not people around or other dogs— he can, like, have some more freedom yeah. versus just, like, walking right next to me. And um, it's, like, a three-mile loop kind of a thing. And so we did it, and there was, like, not that many people out, but it was, like, really muddy and slushy, but so nice. Like, I was just wearing a sweatshirt. The sun was shining. We finished the walk. McCoy is truly, like, every time he walks, he, like, splashes water up on his belly. So he's just, like, mud-covered. Oh, no. And I was like, frick, we, I need, we need to take him for a bath. He hates baths. We go to Chow Hound. I was going to say Chow Hound. There was a line of like seven dogs. The energy in that Chow Hound was so bad because all these dogs were barking at each other and McCoy hates other dogs and hates baths. So he was like shaking violently like before we even got in. So we went to a different Chow Hound. There was no one there. And we gave him a bath. He was miserable. Oh my God, I feel like the worst. Like you feel like a bad cat mom. McCoy feels like a different dog. Like, I thought he he was wiry feeling and oily. Yeah. He's fluffy. Like, Aww. he hasn't had a bath in probably six months just oh, because, like, no. he hates them so much. And, I don't know, he doesn't smell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like He's the, a different pup. The colors that came off of him and, like, the way his ears feel. Aww. Jake cleaned in his ears, too. And it was just like, I was like, oh, my God, our dog. Imagine, Jake was like, imagine not washing your hair for six months. Oh, my God, they'd be in dreads. Yeah, so I felt really bad, but now I feel better. 
Yeah. And then he just fucking slept for like, he, he was like a dead dog after the walk and the bath. Took it out. Well, I think that. Do you give Marge baths? No, cats don't need baths because they're self-cleaning. Nice. Um, but if I have given her a bath a couple of times, like when she's had sores and stuff. Yeah. Or if, like an oven with a self-cleaning option. Exactly. <laughs> or like I've given her, when she had fleas, I had to give her a flea bath. But cats don't like water, remember? Yeah, I, so yeah. it's very... It's really sad. It's a noise that I, <laughs> o- yeah, yes, that I only ever hear when I put her in a sink. And, you, could you and she like yourself? all pause. Yeah, you have to get her. It's kind of rough in the beginning, but once you get her, down, you have to hold her down aggressively and then she just submits. Okay. <laughs> it's just so terrible. Talk about trauma. Yeah. Can you bathe a kitten like every day so that they get used to it? I think you can maybe, but I just don't think they really like water. Yeah, I don't But then <laughs> I always wrap her in a big towel and cradle her for like 30 minutes. It's like, it's like when, an, what's that called when you like brainwash someone? <laughs> like first you beat them oh, and you're like, I love yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I do with my cat. Well, it works. I mean, I don't have to do it that often. I bought McCoy a bone after because he sort of submitted as well in the bath. He just sort of sits down and is like, oh, fuck. This is all. This is all I can do. Yeah. So anyways, those are our animal update. Yeah, there we go. Marge doesn't have diabetes. 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 (laughs) And McCoy still hates the bath. Perfect. We should talk about Grays. I think so. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back. We are discussing season eight, episode 19 and episode 20 today, support system in The Girl With No Name. Yes. We are four episodes away from the finale after Which, this one. spoiler, is the plane, plane crash. crash. So. So basically this is the up. last happy. Yeah. We're in it. Okay. You want to read the first one? Sure. Support system. Every little kid knows the words to the song. The foot bone is connected to the leg bone. The leg bone is connected to the knee bone. In med school, you learn it's a little more complicated than that. But still, the song is not wrong. Everything is connected. The human body is made up from systems that keep it alive. There's the one that keeps you breathing and the one that keeps you standing, the one that keeps you hungry, and the one that makes you happy. They're all connected. Take a piece out and everything else falls apart. And it's only when our support systems look like they might fail us that we realize how much we depended on them all along. Meredith Gray. Wonderful. Uh, The next one for the episode, The Girl With No Name. When you're a kid, you always want things to stay the same. The same teacher, the same house, the same friends. Being a surgeon is no different. You get used to the same attendings, same scrub nurses, the same hospital. Of course, that all changes the minute your fifth year comes around and you have to find a new job. It's one of those things people say, you can't move on until you've let go of the past. Letting go is the easy part. It's the moving on that's painful. So sometimes we fight it, trying to keep things the same. Things can't stay the same though. At some point, you just have to let go, move on, because no matter how painful it is, it's the only way we grow. That's a good monologue. Yeah. Also, such a lie. None of them them moved on. No. Um, shotgun workup, we have Neil Sheridan, short gut syndrome, liver failure, and jaundice. Jason Cooper, advanced juvenile arthritis, jaw fusion, fusion of C2, C3, and C4 vertebrae. Alan um, has Alzheimer's disease. Oh, that's Adele Weber's mm-hmm. partner, who also has Alzheimer's disease. William George Bailey Jones has a nosebleed. Holly Wheeler, head trauma, abdominal trauma, hypothermia, frostbite, displaced tibial fracture, fractured ribs, temporal bone fracture, aneurysm in the celiac artery, and avulsion fracture. A lot of stuff. Also, I just still don't understand why they call him Tuck if his name is William George Bailey Jones. That's a great question. I, I because Tuck was the, her husband. Yeah. Name. I will never understand it. Why name him George if you're not going to name him George? Or William. Right. <laughs> Why? I, I just truly don't understand it. And Tucker. Yeah, right. where do they get? I don't know. It's wild. Why not name him Tucker Bailey Jones if yeah. you're going to call him Tuck? Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay, for rounds, we have Christina and Owen discussing the cheating. I didn't know whether or not to call it an affair because— I would just say cheating. cheating. Yeah. Christina wanting to move and Owen moving out of the apartment. Jackson, Alex, April, Meredith, and Christina studying for their boards and interviewing. Richard uh, giving Adele some space at her where her she's living right now. Mark Sloan being an interim chief for the day. The I thought maybe we should talk about the patient Holly Wheeler and sure. how this affects Bailey. 
Uh, and then Teddy wanting her girls' night out and kind of hitting on that her and Owen are still not friends. Yeah. First notes? Yeah, what's yours? This is going to be a tough episode, all these flashbacks. Yeah, I said, I said, ooh, memories of Christina and Hunt. And then I said, of course he's going to be with someone who isn't a surgeon at all. Like the opposite of Christina. Who he cheats with? Right, like that oh. woman was like, I could never be a surgeon. Yeah. And I just felt like it was interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, do we want to start with that or do we want to do a different, mm-hmm. like a smaller one? Yeah, let's do a smaller one. Why don't we do Mark Sloan? Great. Because Great the topic. reason that Christina and Owen, well, the reason Mark Sloan is interim chief is because Christina and Owen are discussing their cheating, the cheating, yes. which we'll get to, but they say that they have the flu. Right. So Mark Sloan. Is chief and he brought donuts. Yes. And he has on a Bluetooth. And John goes, does he have a Bluetooth on? I said, yeah. And he said, that's embarrassing. (laughs) Yes. He has like a whole new hairdo, an outfit. He, and he shows up and no one knows that this was going to happen. Like that it was going to be him. He just is like, hello, I'm the standing in chief for the day. And he takes it seriously. Yeah, that's one of my notes, is he's taking all of this very seriously. He tells Derek to rise to the challenge. Yeah, he keeps telling people to rise. I think it's just Derek. Um, (laughs) That he believes in him. Yeah, and then he denies um, Bailey and Weber the opportunity to operate on donor organs. Right, because the, to give them to Neil, because the organs had a tumor on them, which Chief is, or... Sorry, Richard. Richard says that the tumor is benign. He knows it. He would stake his career on it. And Mark is sticking to protocol that, like, you are not allowed to do that if there's a tumor. Yeah. Um, So Mark gets pretty heated about that. He also is, like, doing things—he wants to have beef with the chief. Like, right. he makes Avery, Avery <laughs> like, set up this schedule, and Avery doesn't say that it's called beef with the chief, and he thinks—Mark <laughs> thinks that's why no one's coming to talk to him in the cafeteria, <laughs> which I think is very funny. Yeah, he's just, like—it's interesting because if we if it wasn't Mark Sloan, if that's, like, how Owen was acting, it would seem normal. Yeah. Like, but just because it comes out of, like, left field— and it also feels like, how do you go from being just like a surgeon to then ordering around like Richard Weber yes. in such a way of like power usage? Yeah. Um, also, I just wanted to say the story about Neil made me so sad. It was that patient, very sad. He's very like lovable just because I think he's very like sad and just like yeah. has lost hope at this point. And, and he's yellow. Yeah, and he's yellow. That happened to my grandpa. Oh, he got super sad. jaundiced at the end because um, his liver stopped working. And we have a photo of him. Why do we have a photo of him? I don't know, but it shows up on my time hop sometimes. He's in a hospital bed, but he's smiling. And it's just sad. He's so, so yellow. yellow. It's oh. so sad. Send it to me. I'll edit it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make it black and white. <laughs> you just can't tell. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to say... Well, the best part is the speech that... Richard gives? Yeah, about... so. When they're arguing over these organs, which, like, Weber went over Mark's head and already, like, started to do the surgery anyways, which I love that the reason that he Mark finds out about this is because April sort of caves. Yes. And and she's like, he was chief for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the power got to her as well. Um, And uh, Weber accuses Mark— of needing, because he's in plastics, of needing everything to be pretty and perfect, especially like in him him being chief. Like everything is by the book. If it's not, it's black and white, whatever. He needs things to work and he blames the plastics thing for that. And chief says that he, what does he say? Like he can deal with messy. Like there is a gray area. Yeah, he just said um, he doesn't need it to be uh, pretty or perfect. He just needs this to work. Yes. Yeah. Which I appreciate, which I feel like only comes with experience also. Like, Chief knows when to break the rules and when not to. Yeah. Um, Because clearly this uh, patient was going to die if he did not. Yeah. Well, if he didn't get the organ. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyways, if he didn't get the those organs and then it ended up being a benign something or other and the organs were fine. Can you believe when they took out his organs and then replaced them? I was like— that's a lot. I wrote, that is so many organs. <laughs> I said, every organ, question mark. And then I said, how does that fit inside all of us? I don't know. Also, I, I, it made me think about, like, 
It kind of reminds me of the episode where um, the person had the heart. It was during when Izzy was around and the person had the heart transplant or whatever. And he felt like it wasn't his, his? heart. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you feel weird having someone else's organs in you? It's got to. I mean, I'm sure it would be better than dying, clearly. Right. But I just. I wonder if they feel different, like work different. Yeah, that's. Like, if we just think ours feel normal because yeah. that's the only thing we've known. It's Honestly, I'd take a new gut at this point if someone wanted Same. to give me one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I just can't. I was couldn't believe the sheer amount, and then also the way they sort of just like plopped him in. They're like, "Oh, we did it!" Yeah, I know. Like, I just, always like, connected two cords. That's how I feel like it always is with those like um, right. abdominal like surgeries. They're like, put the intestines in, and ta da! <laughs> right, like you just connect the two. Ends. Yeah, I don't think that's how it is. No, but, it's weird. Yeah. So, then anyways, that was a wild thing. Um, also, okay, so then we find out. At the end of the... I'm trying to see if there's anything else that he does. Well, so then he ends up pushing Derek um, about this surgery. Which we don't need to get into all the details, but pretty much they don't want to do this surgery because they, him and uh, Ben Warren don't want to do the surgery. And uh, Mark just keeps saying, like, rise. Like, innovate, rise. And so Derek comes back. He has an idea. Mark's like, it's good. It's not good enough. And so Derek comes up with this idea of using a bean bag. Because he saw Zola sitting on Works really well. And then um, Mark's response is, am I a fantastic leader or what? It's like, oh, Lord. Yeah, like, he's, it's a good thing that he was never picked as chief, which, so then at the end, uh, can we talk about the Derek Hunt? Scene? Yeah, yeah. So Hunt is on the, we'll talk about how Hunt ends up on the roof of the hospital hitting golf balls again. Derek joins him. And he mentioned something about how, um, like, Sloan was chiefer day and whatever and actually did pretty well was Derek's response. And Hunt is like, he was never supposed to be chief. It was you or Weber, <laughs> which is just like, how did he find that out? Like, did Hunt tell Sloan? And then Sloan was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to take it. this. I got this one. <laughs> which I feel like I was trying to figure out this whole episode. What was the point of him doing this? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it was the comedic. I think it was. Like, I don't think there was anything that we really, like, learned about Mark or. No. No, I think that it was Other just for that, that he like. challenges Derek, maybe. I guess, and- but I feel like it was just like that bit at the end, like it was never supposed to be Mark. But Derek ends up saying, like, he did a really good job. Right. Don't ever tell him that. So I don't know. Maybe I guess we're supposed to see, like, oh, he can be. A leader. Right, if he needs to. Just in time to kill him. Exactly. I also wonder, too, I wish that if it was supposed to just be, like, the comedic bit, that they wouldn't have made the part with, like, the storyline with Weber and him going back at each other. Like, I would have loved to see an episode of Sloan being chief and just, like, being ridiculous the whole time. Yeah. But also, I think you're right. Like, it's to show... I feel like they're going to start to try to highlight some... Just us remembering good things about him. Positive qualities in him. Exactly. Yeah. So that was Mark Sloan as interim chief. Great job. Great yeah. job. Um, we can talk about Richard and Adele. Was that yeah. in the first episode? Um, I believe I that was in the second episode. Okay, let's talk about Teddy then. Okay. Wasn't that in the second episode too? The girls' night? Yeah. I think that was in the first one. Oh, God, are you right and I'm wrong? I think it's No, true. I think you're right. because You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, am I? Wait. <laughs> um... Oh, no, you're right. Well, the speech with Owen is in the second episode, Teddy and Owen. Yes, you're right. But the girls' night is in the first episode. Okay. So, Teddy, well, Callie and Teddy talk in the beginning about how they're going to have this girls' night and Arizona's going to be there. And then Arizona feels bad because it's like this, or they call it, do they call it a ladies' night? night? Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking like where their minds were. No. But I love that that's what they were like, is this... Like, our, they call her, uh, they call Teddy their poor, sad widow Teddy. Which is so sad. And she's, like, sort of, she's not manic. I don't want to use that phrase, like, lightly. But she's, like, she says it. She's, like, am I talking fast? I've replaced, uh, what did she say? Some, like, she's replaced something with coffee. Oh, partnership with the coffee. Yeah, she's she like, drinks a lot of coffee in the morning. Yeah, so she's just kind of wired, and she's, like, bouncing. She's very excited about it. You can tell Callie and Arizona are, like, oh, God. Yeah. They just want to go home and be together. Like, yeah. they don't feel like dealing with Teddy. And then I think it's Arizona that points out, like, this is really weird that it's going to be, she made reservations at a nice restaurant that it's going to be, like— Just us. Yeah, the two of us and her, like, third wheeling. So they decide to bring Bailey in. Who Bailey first says absolutely not. Yeah, Bailey is not having this shit. 
And then they pull the widow card and they make Bailey feel bad about it. And Bailey says, you're buying. Callie's like, I thought we'd all split it. And Bailey just does a Bailey stare down. (laughs) They're like, okay, fine. We're buying. So I don't know where it transitioned to them going over to Callie in Arizona's. But somehow it did. Is it because they had to babysit? Oh, yes, because then Mark, because he's chief. Or not babysit, take care of their kid. Reminds them that so he can't take Sophia for the night because he goes, there might be things that come up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even that there are things. He's he doesn't just, know how long he's going to be there <laughs> He as might chief. have to work all night as yeah. chief, yeah. Um, so they have, like, the tiniest plate of, like, fe- well, before that even happens, Bailey tries to get out of it because Ben— Ben Warren wants sex. Yeah, he wants to tango I love or whatever, she's just salsa. Like, she's like— Oh, like they like (laughs) just he just gives her eyes and she like I feel like she can look in and see the dirtiness he is thinking. Yeah. And she's like, I want that. She just makes that noise. Oh, yeah, because Tuck isn't there. (laughs) Right. So then Bailey lies to Kelly in Arizona and says that her and Ben are taking dancing lessons. Like salsa, right? They have a longstanding salsa lesson, which then I love that Kelly in Arizona are like, okay, like they know what that means. Yeah. Right away. There's no hiding it. Um, and so who is it that does the big like speeches? Like, this is our friend, Callie. Callie, because I think Callie tries to get out of it. Right. And Teddy's super excited. And she realizes like, we're being assholes. Right. We just need to be there for Teddy. And then they're, so they are at, um, Arizona and Callie's apartment. And they have the silliest tray of veggies. It's like so tiny. Why are they on diets? I don't know. And then- because well, Bailey was like, I told Ben I'd be done in 45 minutes. Yeah, so they're like one glass of wine, a few little treats. Which if you ever do this to me on a girls' night. Hell no. <laughs> to me, I'm like, why don't they want girls' night? I know. I'd be like, I'd much rather have girls' <laughs> night. Right. Um, I love my girls. Um, but Teddy walks in. She didn't know what type of wine to get. So don't worry. She got fucking three bottles. As one does. And Two movies and Bailey's like movies. Yeah. Got um Dirty Dancing and I forget what the other one was. Do you know that I've never seen Dirty Dancing? I like what? know the whole da- I've seen the dance scene. Like that I, is like top five favorite movies. I know it's life. it's like you know when something's gone so long that you haven't seen it that you like You can't admit to I'm not. afraid that I won't like it as much as I think I should. I kind of like didn't you not see, but now you've seen it uh with Robin Williams. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. 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 I hadn't seen that. Right. I really liked that. Though. It's great. Um they're on Netflix is like making or the movies that made us, and they do uh there's like four of them. Home Alone's one, Ghostbusters, Dirty Dancing is the first one. And I watched that and it's just kind of like it's like mm, kind of like I love the 80s or something. Right. You know, it's like really light and whatever. Yeah. I fucking sobbed. Because that movie is so important to me. And just watching that, it, it almost didn't get made. And, like, how special people when it is. And how, like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, wow. There's, like, this scene in there where um, where one of the people get, get, they get an abortion. And they wanted, like, the big wigs wanted to cut that scene. But the writer of it was like, then the movie doesn't make sense. And so they fought for it to stay in. It's just really amazing. And oh, I, I like to watch it. cried. Okay, maybe I'll, I would say we should watch it together. But first, we need to finish Gilmore Girls. Right, so, that is important. Um. Anyways, well, that's good. I need to add that to my list. I just, you know, it's like one of those where I'm I, like, yeah, I what if it. I don't like it and every, the world hates me, but I know I'll like it. Yeah, um, so yeah, she brings movies and then it just sort of ends. Yeah. So that was, I think that's also just trying, Teddy's trying to get herself back out there. She admitted she's a widow in the last episode. Right. Um, she's in like grief counseling. And so I think she's just trying to claim her Taking life back. Steps. Yeah. So. Agreed. Um, okay. What's another little small one? Should we talk about Richard and Adele? Sure. Okay, great. So... Uh, Richard, remember that the last thing we talked about was Catherine being there. So this makes sense now. Right. So he is spending time with his wife. Right. He is visiting her a lot at her facility. um, And it starts right in the beginning of the second episode when he's there and she's sort of giggling and she's talking to him like a best friend, talking to, to Richard. And she says that she is in love. 
Right. And you can see in his face that, like, he thinks— It's him. Right, that it's going to be with him. And instead, she points to this, like— <laughs> He looks like the guy from Great British Bake Off. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking the whole time. This, like, older gentleman, not Richard, looks nothing like Richard. He's nope. an old white man. Points to him, and they sort of, like, do this weird, like— Like, giggly Yeah, which, like, he's always just standing in the background. (laughs) Not saying anything. Right. Yeah. And so that's just— His name is Alan. Yes, Alan. Adele and Alan. And that's just really sad. Richard kind of is just like, oh, and, you know, I don't know. It's just really sad. And then Richard goes to visit his wife to take her to dinner, has flowers, and he walks into his wife's room, and she is having sex— with, with Alan. Alan. Yeah. And I said, that is really a lot to see. And she's like, get out of my yeah. room. And he's like, it's assault. Which yeah. like he so he's complaining to the one of the workers there that like he this man is taking advantage of my wife. And the man is just kind of like actually like he also has Alzheimer's. Right. Like I don't think Richard realized that Alan had Alzheimer's. Oh, he thought he was just like a dude. Yeah, I think that was the point. Is like, this is assault. He's taking advantage. He was like, Alan has Alzheimer's as well. Also. And then Richard realizes like, oh shit. Like, they're just dealing. It, they just love each other because they're in their, their own world. Yeah, and they. It's so sad. And, and they, do, they have an episode like that in Grace with Patience too. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah. And then too, there's right before the moment he walks in though, when we, we'll talk about Holly Wheeler in a second, but he's talking to the parents of, of Holly and he says, just basically he's like speaking to them about memories and he just says like, it takes time. Like she will come back. It just, and it's really sad because I feel like he's like trying to convince himself too that like mm-hmm. Adele, there will be moments that she'll come back. Um, but at first, so he moves her at first. Yes. And Adele is very upset. She doesn't know where Alan is, why he left, why he's not calling. And I think Richard realizes, like, I am putting my wife through hell. Right. By not letting her be happy. Be happy. Whatever makes her happy right now. And so this, to me, it makes more sense now that he sleeps with Catherine. I couldn't remember. Like what made it okay? Yeah. I was like, why would he be sleeping with Catherine when Adele is in a a nursing home? Right. Um, But he decides to leave. His wife is sleeping with someone else. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a lot for him to leave. Yeah. I feel... Like, I guess maybe he was trying to say to her, like, I'm going to give you some space. But, yeah. like, the fact that if he's, like, going to leave until she asks for him to come back seems not okay. Like, I would right. just— Right, she has Alzheimer's. Right, I would just be like, I'm going to come by a lot less, give you and Alan some time. But, like, I just want to still be a friend or something. Right. Also, he shows her their wedding photo, which the person in me that's— I was like, how did they make that actually look like young— it looks, I mean. Kind of looks like Stedman to me, it, Oprah's. And, oh, <laughs> it is them. And then I was like, well, maybe they just Photoshopped like their faces on. Mm. I'm sure that's what they did. But it really looked sort of real to me. And then I said, it's also so sad in that scene. Adele looks so uncomfortable sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. Like her hands are as, like she's trying to be as small as possible sort of. Yeah. You like aren't touching. And then he tries singing Funny Valentine. And it's just really sad. And she's not having it. Not at all. And um, and then again, when he gives her that speech that he's giving her space, it pans out and there is Alan. Alan and she <laughs> is happy to see him and yeah. goes up to him, where have you been? And Or Alan comes up and Richard gives him his seat. And right. He's like, I was just leaving. And, and I thought also, Richard's outfit was adorable. He's so cute. He also says to her, I love you and I always will. Yeah. Like some sort of sentiment of that sort. Yeah, I just weird. find— It was like the same time Chief— or, uh, at the end of the last episode, Owen says something like that to Christina. Yeah. They both leave. I just find it, I don't know. I'm just, like, I get, I get why they wrote it this way. We have to like move Richard's story along and stuff. I think with Catherine, but I do find it slightly odd that yeah. he would just be like, peace, I'm going to bow out. Also like, It'd be one thing maybe to like sleep with someone as a one night stand sort of thing, but he like jumps into sort of a relationship. And I don't know how you do that when your significant other's still alive, although not for long. Yeah. So, but I just, it is really interesting the sentiment. So, like in the episode before, we have, which we'll talk about Owen leaving Christina and saying, like, I love you, I always will. And in Mm -hmm. this one, we have Richard leaving Adele and saying, I love you, I always will. For two different reasons. Two totally different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, should we talk about Holly Wheeler? Sure. Which, first of all, it's April. From I did. Girls. Yeah, I I wrote that. 
Um, I had to like, I was like, I know her voice. I like couldn't, she looks so different. She's so much older. So I had to look her up and then I was like, oh God, April. Yeah, when when they said like, I don't think this girl is, was hiking. I remembered what episode this ah. was. And I was like, oh fuck, this is that girl who was abducted when she was little, which is so sad. That scene where she talks about like the abuse mm-hmm. was so, so hard to listen to. But I also like good for you, Grace, for like putting that in there. Right. I don't I, know. It reminded me of like, I wondered like what was in the news at that time. Like, yeah. reminded me of that story of that one girl. It's like the only thing I remember about growing up. I read her book. She was like abducted and lived with that man in the woods for like years and years. He was Mormon. Remember, it was like in Utah or something, I oh, think. There were some girls, too, who lived in, like, Ohio, Yeah, remember? maybe that one. They're just like, it's like the one news story when you're a kid and you hear it. Yeah, you're like, oh, shit. That's like, terrifying. But, I okay, I'm going to, okay, yes. I thought it was a great storyline and, like, her having, what is it, Stockholm Syndrome? Yes. Yes. But I also, at the same time, was like, Grey's is not made for, like, mysterious storylines like this. Like, we need Olivia Benson crossover for this to happen. For sure. Like, I didn't feel the same believability sometimes of some of it as I do in, like, an SVU episode. I totally agree. Um, Which, obviously, it's not about that, so that's—they weren't going to do that, but— it was just... It was sad. It was just a really horrible story. And then the part when she said, oh, that might have been after I had the baby. Yeah, so nonchalantly. And, like, her mom runs out of the room. And then, I don't know. I was just like, I can't even imagine losing your child and then them coming back after being, a crazy, terrible trauma. Right. And, not, and, like, how do you rebuild your lives together? Which, like, I was glad at the end they seemed more, like, open to that. At yeah. first, I was like, oh, God. Like, even when they wanted to hug her... Yeah. Which I get. I I can imagine that. But it yeah, it was just There uh, were also a lot of Jumanji drums so in So many Jumanji drums. Um but this whole storyline was like I think kind of to like show Bailey was like very upset. A fear of hers. Yes, very very upset about mm-hmm. this. She remembers all of the details of, of the story. Of the yep. story, what happened? She doesn't want to talk about and it. And if you notice, it's the details too of like what the mom was doing. Yes, exactly. Like she was saying, she was going to bring a salad instead of des- a dessert, and that's the only amount of time it took for her to realize that her daughter was gone. Right. It's clearly Bailey's biggest fear that Tuck. This would happen to Tuck. Yes. And even when they are in surgery and. Is it Sloan? Who's talking very openly just about, or Callie's talking about her her injury in her arm and is just talking about like, wow, how terrible. This must have been so bad. How much force did it take to- Right, and she's like smacking it also with a hammer and Bailey is just like, can we please talk about something else? Which I also liked Bailey's use of like, we don't know what people can hear. Yes, I love that. I was like, I actually wish they would think about that more often. Yeah, Um, we don't have studies on that about what you take in when you're under anesthesia. No, you don't remember, so who knows? Yeah. Um. Oh, God, that's a such a terrifying topic. So, yeah, I really, I appreciated that part. And then... Um, Everyone goes to pick up their kids at daycare. Which, in this scene, before we talk about Bailey... Oh, I'm sorry. Need, no, 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 I just need to say Mark Sloan calls his daughter Scoochie-Coo. <laughs> He's like, come here, Scoo... I had my subtitles on, too, so it definitely said Scoochie-Coo. What a name. I'm going to start calling Marge Scoochie-Coo. I'm glad it wasn't Coochie-Coo, because to me... Her coochie- ears just went up when I said Scoochie-Coo. Hey, Scoochie-Coo. But I'm just glad it's not coochie coo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, cooch. <laughs> and so... My sweet baby cooch. This scene was also made more dramatic by Jumanji drums. Yeah. Where's Tuck? We don't know where Tuck is. The poor the poor daycare lady who's... Yeah, like, call a code pink immediately. She's right. like, there's a protocol. And she's like, call the damn code. I love that uh, Mark and Derek didn't try to like, you know... Be like, Bailey, let's just think. They were, like, all on board with her. Derek is the one that even says to the girl, like, just do it. Yeah. And I, yeah. So it turns out then, like, another one of the daycare workers comes out, and he just had a nosebleed. And so took him to the nurse or whatever. And um, it's really sad, too, was she saying, like, he— like, he knows to scream, so he's probably screaming. Yeah, that part was really hard to hear. Yeah, it's like, like shit, yeah. like, having to teach your child. Like, if there's a stranger... Just scream. Scream. Yeah. Like... And and also, she has to do... Like, when she sees him, she, like, turns her head, wipes to, like, not show that fear to him. 
And then... And then doesn't apologize to anyone, just takes him out. Right, like, which I was like, do you think she feels embarrassed? Yes. Yeah, like, and I, yeah, I liked how they... I'm glad how that all went down because I felt like it was really realistic. Yeah. Like, I could easily see myself doing something like that. I that's Well, especially after having a day like that. Exactly, which is why I think Derek and Mark were, like, not—they felt the same sort of fear, like, if yeah. it was their kid. Yeah. Um, so— it, I think the storyline also is to just—I don't know what, but, like, so the girl bonds with Meredith right away. right. And Meredith sort of gets out of her interview Oh, in I know. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. She gets out of her interview in Boston. And Christina's like, why aren't you going to this interview? And she's like, well, I can't help it that she imprinted on me. I love how she used the phrase imprint. Yeah. Christina also makes a joke about the girl saying that, she's like, well, maybe, she's like, maybe Holly can move in when we all leave. Like, she's <laughs> just like, clearly not supportive of this happening because she should be doing her interview. And she wants Meredith to leave, which I think is a good transition into all of them studying and interviewing. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's go unless you had each- anything else about Holly. No. Let's go through each person, just like the little bits that happened. Yeah. So Christina is not studying currently because we'll get to it. She's dealing with her, what's going on in her marriage. Yep, we'll get to her. Um, Meredith is, in the beginning of the first episode, she it's like is- in an airport. Or that's the second one, sorry. She's yeah. walking with yes. Callie and... Um, the Torres method is in Meredith. Yeah, says. yeah. she pretty much, she's ready for the boards. Like, Callie tries to stump her and make her, like, change her mind and Meredith doesn't. And she was like, great, I want to go. Like, I'm done with you. Yep. Move along. Yep. <laughs> um, so she is in a really great space. Everyone else is not. <laughs> and so they're using... Lexi. Oh, poor Lexi. So yeah, they first of all, Alex Krev is trying to steal patient charts because... They want to study real cases, not these like made Hypothetical, up, yeah, hypotheticals. Yeah. So, but then the lady's like, you can't take these out of here. Haven't you learned about HIPAA? So then she says, you can look at them in here, but that's it. So he goes and gets Lexi and tells her that, to memorize all the records so that they can use her to study with. And April and Jackson like cling on to this idea as well. And there's this like so unrealistic wild scene where Lexi's like, sitting at this table and they're all shoving charts at her. Do yeah. mine, do mine. Yeah, just it's, terrible. I just wrote this is madness. And then they break her. Yeah, which I love that Meredith goes in and saves her and is just like, you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. And then they ask again and he's like, you broke her. Yes. Um. So Meredith, I feel like, sees... Also, a little thing. So April in the second episode... Oh, no, let's talk about them all together first. Sorry, I skipped ahead. Uh, Meredith at the end of episode one brings them all to her house and, like, has them sitting on the couch and she has a huge chalkboard, whiteboard thing in front of her and is just, like, I, like, it writes all their names down and she's just, like, I'm here to help you. Like, when you are not at work, you are here. No breaks. Like, we are all going to do this together. And I thought that was cute. And Christina shows up, but we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the next episode is the, the airport interview one. Which right. Is, yeah. Um. So... Meredith calls it the gray method. She says that if you're not at the hospital, you are at her house. You sleep there, you eat there. And And it made me miss school. Yeah, I was like, like, this is fun. Yeah. Um, And then... And then the next episode is everyone's going for their interviews. So Mm -hmm. you, I guess you, this would make sense. You interview before your boards to try and set up where you're going to go. Yeah, which I know... It's funny, Christina mentions in one of hers that hers is a paid-for flight. That's not normal. Yeah. Usually you, like, interviewing process is a really big pain in the ass because you are paying for your flights, and yeah, you're missing work. So that's how badly people want Christina. Right, is that they're paying, yeah. And so, uh, also the airport scene right in the beginning was really cute. Christina and Meredith both, like, just got back, Mm -hmm. and Derek greets her with Zola, and Meredith is, like, total cute mom mode, just like, my baby girl. Yes. And showing her attachment, I feel like. Yeah. And so she's kind of like pushing against going to Boston, like even in that beginning scene. And I said, I'm really happy that Derek is pushing Meredith to go do an an interview and supporting her career. Because I feel like that doesn't happen very often. We don't see that a lot. No, and it ends. And he's like, there are other jobs in Boston. Like, you know, because she's like, our family's here. There's our home's almost done. He's like, there are other homes or other jobs there. Like, you be an idiot to pass up this interview. And I really love that. Yeah, it was great. And I, it's sad that it doesn't continue. Like, I guess the show couldn't really continue in that way if she was in Boston or whatever. Right, but. and I also like that Christina was like, yes, husband. Like, like she's like, yes. thank you for the correct response. And then she says, 
uh, Meredith's like, is Owen picking you up? And she's like, no, or whatever. And then she's like, I'll ride in the back with my girl. And she's yeah. like talking to Zola. I just love picturing her being like an aunt. Yeah, and also that like Derek isn't even like weird about her coming along or anything. Yep. Like she's just a part of the family and great. Yep. So um, I want to talk about April and her interviews. First of all, kind of love her suit outfit. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of cleave. Yeah, and it was just like a... Gray, right? Matching suit dress thing. Like, yeah. I feel like it was a three piece. Yeah, it looked like a three piece. Yeah. She, of course, has a killer resume. I'm sure it is, it is color coded. It is. It has multiple pages. It has like five pages of recommendations. Like, well, like a five page letter from just one, one patient. patient. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell right off the bat that she is like over the top too much with the, yes. her, like, tenacity of whatever. Which, again, though, I will challenge that, like, that annoys me. Mm. That, like, just because she's so, like, I like when she's like, I'm not being tested on my, like, personality. It's this. Like, I feel like a real interviewer would see that she's nervous. Yes. But also she was a lot. Well, and so then she goes up to Owen and she kind of asks about wherever she was interviewing and they were like, yeah, they thought you were great. And she's like- Impressive. Impre- yeah. Oh, and she's like, oh, great. And then he's like, but I would like look for other options. She's like, why? They thought I was impressive and it said that your personality didn't really vibe or fit or whatever. And later on, um, I think it's Alex who says- Oh, yeah. That he says, Mare isn't like you. Her personality doesn't suck. And yeah, I'm like, that's so, so mean. Yeah. It's really They sad. say that all the time to April about how her personality sucks. And yeah, she's a little type A and like she's a little frantic and has really intense anxious energy, but like she it's a little suck. much. Yeah, no, it's a little extreme. He also then like makes another joke and he's like you make it too easy. Like she keeps yeah. saying things that lead up to jokes. So April's having a hard time like making her personality mesh with her interviewers. Jackson is getting invited to these interviews. And then while he's at them, that woman, I think it was a woman, right? Was like, um, said something about like, yeah, and if you're here, like maybe you could give us a talk as Harper Avery's grandson. Like clearly being, they want the name. Yes. They want an Avery at their hospital. And he is like so against that, Mm -hmm. um, that he walks out on the interview, we find out. Which pisses Mark off. Because Mark got him the interview, I right. think. Or, like, helped him. Um, I do love that Mark's like, get your ass over. Like, mm-hmm. makes him go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Karev isn't getting any good interviews. No, the one he has. <laughs> that oh my one God. hospital. They're, like, sending off a certain case because they're not equipped to deal with it. And then he's like, but it's make your own Sunday day in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, is just... Karev is realizing that these places are not good hospitals. Yeah, and so he's really pissed off that Arizona is is, not advocating for him. Right, but it turns out because she wants him to stay. Yes. And so then he demands that she call all of the great hospitals and and she's like, I'm not going to like push for you to leave. And he said, you want me to stay because I want to be here, not because it's my only choice or whatever. Right, and so he's hopefully going to go interview at those other ones to to see if he's making the right choice. Yes, um, Yang is getting a bunch of deliveries. <laughs> Fruit baskets. Like cookies, baked goods, people taking her out to dinner. When she, when, when the one comes, she like walks up to the basket. She's like, who's on my jock now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Mm-mm. And Teddy is like kind of groveling for Christina to stay. Right. Which I think we can talk about yeah. what happens with her and Owen. Yes. Um, so... There's like a scene, it's right towards the end. It's after she gets a fruit basket from Hopkins. Yes. Um, that Teddy goes up to Owen and begs him to make Christina stay. And he she says, this hospital can't lose her. And she's like very desperate and talking to him very openly. Like not like there's been any issues between right. them. And, he, and she uses the word like, She's Owen, this wife. is your wife. And that is when Owen whips around and is very upset. And don't ever talk to me about my wife ever again. Yes. And he says, I'm your chief, not your friend. You've made that very clear. Which yeah. I feel like he throws her speech like right back at her, sort of. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Obviously, they all stay. <laughs> right. Well, Christina leaves for a little while. Oh, God. See, I don't remember any of this. She goes to like Minnesota or whatever. Oh, was this with George Feeney? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I forgot that wasn't in Seattle. Mm-hmm. She leaves after the plane crash. 
Oh, I'm very excited for the Feeny episodes. Yeah, they're so sad when he dies. I know, but they're so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Meredith... Goes to Boston. Goes to Boston, and they want her... They want to know if she's, like... Serious. And she says she is very serious. I wrote, very serious, my ass. She stays in Seattle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and she says that her top choice is, indeed, this this school. There's also a great scene with Christina and Meredith at the airport. They order two tequilas. Well, they, everyone's at the airport, first of all, which is great. I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. And them all just sitting there. And I love that they all, like, Meredith gets there and everyone starts to leave. And she's like, no, guys, don't leave. And they, they all head away. And Alex is like, I don't want to sit here with you two drunk losers. Yeah. And then um, Christina's like, you know, this wouldn't be a bad bar to hang out in if we like missed our flights or whatever and orders them two tequilas. Yep. And then there's, Meredith is like, as Christina's getting up, because you hear the thing for JFK, uh, she's like, are you really want to like leave Seattle? And Christina says, of course I want to leave. You should too. Yeah. Which, like, like that's the like her whole thing is like that's the point of this, right? This was never a permanent spot. This was like our stepping stone, whatever. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and that's how that episode ends. I mean, it ends with Meredith's interview, but that's where everyone's at. Yes. So I'm pretty sure the boards episode is next. Yeah. Also, I feel like this whole show is like you're thinking everyone's gonna leave. Yeah, I kind of was trying to remember how what I, I felt. Th- yeah, Same. and I remember kind of thinking, oh shit, what if? Meredith does move. Like, what if they do... I was thinking, what if they do, like, a split thing? That would have been kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, kind of like what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't happen. Um, also, I just want to say, back to the Holly thing, it was so weird when they, like, announced that she survived and is ready to go home, and they all clap for Owen. And then, like, I was like, what was the drama for about her coding? Like, you know, she, like, coded, and Meredith was like, you should talk to your parents. Or you should go talk to your daughter. Like, you're her parents. And she didn't. And then it was fine. Yeah. That part was fucking weird. I did not understand it at all. Like, I didn't What either. was the point of that? I didn't either. And that weird standing ovation for Owen. Like, I know that Owen was feeling like he was failing at this, his job. But I don't I don't know. Like, I have a note here about Weber applauding for Hunt. Yeah. Is really nice. I don't know why. And I said, honestly, I'm like weirdly emotion about, emotional about Owen in these episodes. And then my next note is, whoa, okay, then he just spoke to Teddy like that. But I don't know. Like, I have another note where I said I feel weirdly bad for Owen in these episodes. Or like in the second episode. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. It's like, because he's feeling like he's failed at this case for some reason with Holly. And something about like he didn't do the right thing right away when, when... Because he didn't call psych right away. Oh, right, right, and right. And then, like, Christina gives him a little pep talk at some point and gives him, asks if he wants an apple. An apple, yeah. It's just weird. I didn't, it was weird. Yeah. I think he just feels like, I think that translates to he's failing in his marriage. Yeah, pro- oh, probably. Like, you know, like, he failed in his marriage and also he's failing in this, like. So, yeah, with this patient. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I yeah. like that yeah. reasoning. Um. Okay, let's talk about Christina and Owen. Okay. I really liked this these whole episodes bored the F out of me, but I liked the Christina Owen stuff. Yeah. Um if okay. I, I would watch a show of just Christina. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> okay. I did say it isn't really good to go over all the details of infidelity. Like they actually say that in therapy that you really shouldn't do that. It's not helpful. I wonder if you don't, and I'm not I have no experience, but like, do you just still wonder about them? Do you think that's why she I guess maybe, but at the actual like details, it, it's not gonna knowing help you. it doesn't, it actually doesn't help, help you. you. Like they talk about that a lot in therapy. I I also it made me reminisce, and I don't I don't think the show was trying to do this, but like of when Teddy made Christina walk through the details of Henry's surgery yeah. over and over again. Like it kind of reminded me of that. Like like Teddy's trauma, Christina had to relive and say a million times. This is Christina's trauma, and right. she wants to understand every single part of it. There, I think because she doesn't quite get why it happened. Right, right. And so I feel like if she can, she thinks. I mean, that's kind of how her brain works. If I have every single detail, that's I'll true. be able to patch together why this happened. It's like that meme you sent me to. It's not a meme. That quote about like control, control. Yeah, yeah. Which is, well, I won't find it, but it's. Whatever, yeah. It was like not having control is actually not bad. It's like that's the feeling of anxiety. I'll just— Yeah, just go to our messages. It says, you are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. All you had was anxiety. Yeah. Which, 
That yeah, one hits. Christina knowing all the details will not make her feel better about no. it. No. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't make her feel better at all. Um, so let's talk about the cheating. It happened after... The, the day after they quit therapy. Yes, and it was the day... That was in that session when they had that yelling fight of the be my person. He was like, no, be my person. Yeah. Um, Owen can't remember her name. No, she was the friend of a victim that came into the hospital. Yes. I didn't like the weird freeze frame effect that would happen when a memory would end. It would be like, Ugh. oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, the kiss me anyway thing. Whoa, dude, when you say I'm married and he's in kiss me anyway, bold. Yeah, I wouldn't. Fucking I can't even imagine a universe in bold. which I have the confidence to do. Yeah, that. to be like, fuck up your life anyway. Kiss me, baby. <laughs> like, oh if my god. You said god. it like that, baby. Oh. <laughs> um, um. Also, yeah. So when Owen gets to the part about kissing the girl, that's when Christina sobs. Her sobbing in that bed, she is such a good actress. Okay, that scene where so she's sobbing and when he comes over and he holds her and she leans into it for a split second of like, I have been in that position where like your partner hurts you and the only thing you want is to be with your partner for that moment, for them to comfort you and then you come to the realization of like, I don't want to fucking touch you. And then her running away, like she calms down, stops crying and goes into the bathroom is so realistic to me. Yeah. That is just like, I don't know. So I've been there. I also felt like her crying was almost like she was like in physical pain because I think that's what that would feel like. Yes. And so the way... Like, the way that she cried, it wasn't just, like, she was making the noises in her face. Her body was doing the thing that, like, if you've ever cried really hard, like, you, it you like, sort of, like, it's, Convulse. like, you sort of close up. Like, you, yeah. you like, turn small. And yeah. so, I— You go fetal. Yeah, and I, I felt that that was, like, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, even that, like, and I'm not—I don't know if I feel—who, what I feel for Hunt in this moment, but, like— that he is like, I don't know what the fuck to do. The only thing I know what to do is to try to be there for you. Yes. And like, even though he knows, she fights it for a second and then she gives in and yeah. Yeah, just, and then- It's confusing all around. Yeah. Then the next scene, they're in the bathroom. Which I love. So Owen is like, if you, he doesn't know if she's hurting herself or something. And he's like, if you don't, open this door, I'm going to break it. And I love that she eye rolls. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, like, I don't right, think I did. Right when he says that, she's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, she literally, her eyes do, like, a huge eye roll. That's so good. Yeah. And then he counts. Such a fucking man thing. Yeah, and he counts, she count, or he was counting to three, and she perfectly opens the door right on three. <laughs> so he falls on the bathroom floor. Which, you know she did that on purpose. Yes, and she starts busting out in laughter. Yeah, at first she's just, like, laughing, and he starts laughing, and you think, like, oh, he's like, I look like an idiot, yeah. you know? And then— I know, I felt bad for him in that moment, because he thought that's why she was laughing. Yeah, and then she just, like, hysterically, like, she's not okay, uncontrollable laughter, and she's like, I, like— I have her line. Oh, go for it. She says, I'm a freaking cardiothoracic surgeon. I am supposed to be studying for my boards, the most important exam of my life, and I'm in a bathroom crying because of a boy. She, like, laughs some more, and then she exhales. And that's when, like, the laughter just, like, stops. (gasps) And then the the last scene in that apartment is her trying to understand. She's like, I don't get it. You know, Mm -hmm. they're laying it back in bed again. Like, I just, like, don't quite get why this is happening. And then he said he was hurting, right? Mm-hmm. And she, like, gets irritated. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you talking it- about the abortion again? Yeah, you're going to f- bring this back around. And then she realizes that you wanted to hurt me back. Yes. Like, she had hurt him. He says, I was hurt. Yes. And and she realizes that he wanted to hurt her back. And she just keeps saying that over and over again. And he doesn't disagree. Right. He doesn't say anything back. And, the, and then there's a scene right— like after that with them and he she like he's gonna leave he says he's gonna pack his things and he says to her I will always be in love with you you are the love of my life I will never love anyone else you know he says I will never love another woman another woman and then she says you didn't even remember her name and then he just says you take care of yourself I wrote, this isn't actually true, but I get the sentiment <laughs> that he says he will. <laughs> yeah, right? As he's, he will never love another woman. He will love woman. many women. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing right there is like you like you don't even remember her name. That's what she was saying with the I don't understand thing. She was like, it would, just, it would be easier. It would make more sense if 
you fell in love. And he's like, no, it wouldn't. She's like, yes, it would. Like you fell in love out of love with me and fell in love with someone else. And then else. you leave with And then person. you leave with that person. But I don't understand why you just had sex with this person. It's just to hurt it's her. Just to hurt her. And that is rough. That's fucked Especially up. Especially because she didn't like, okay, like I like you. She did not do what she did to hurt Owen. Do you right. know what I mean? It, like, and what he did was to hurt her. There are two different things there. It, yes, it did hurt him, but her reasoning for doing it was not to purposefully hurt him. Yes. So it's just like, it's not, you can't. It's not on the same level. That's not how that works. <laughs> I do love that, like, Mare, through this whole thing, she's uh, very defensive of Christina in the beginning of that episode. And then. With Derek. Yeah, and then um, she's such a good friend to her when she calls her. Loved this scene because so much. that patient was like, where is everyone when he gets out of surgery? She's like, you told no one to come. He was like, that doesn't matter. I could have died. Like, they should be here. And she was like, well, let's call them. And he was like, okay, let's call them. And so I think yeah. Meredith realizes, like, I need to just be there for Christina, even, even though she's pushing to. me away. Mm-hmm. And I love that. She just sits on the phone with her and Christina just sobs. Yeah, she says, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm here. I just want to stay on the phone with you until you want to hang up. And then she says, I'm here like three times. Yeah. And then Christina's there, cries a little, hangs up. Yeah. I also, <clears throat> just back to Neil, my one true love. Yeah, oh, sweet <laughs> he Neil. He says, where is everybody? And then Mary goes, you told them not to come. And he goes, why does that matter? They should have known not to listen to me. I could have died. They should have come. I can't believe they didn't come. I know. If, he, if I'm having surgery and I'm about to die, everyone better fucking be there. Everyone better fucking come. So fucking sad. Ugh. You're right. I didn't put that together, that that happened, and then she called her. Yeah. And then... She shows up to study. Yep. And I love that there's understanding on Mare's face, too, where they're, they're not going to talk about it. And Christina's like, I'm going to fail my board, so I need to study. And, and she's like, okay, welcome. Yeah, good. Come on in. And I love that. So then the next episode, like, Christina, Owen isn't staying at the right. flat or whatever, the loft. And then um, Christina decides to let him stay there because she sees him packing his bag and, and stuff. And she's staying at Meredith's anyways. Yeah. And then he was like, are you sure that's okay? And she was like, kind of like like a little edgy and was like, until the boards are done. Like, fuck off. I'm not giving you like the apartment. This isn't you coming back. This yeah. is yeah. And I think it's good that she's clear about that. Yeah, but like I'm not here right now anyway. Right. And so and he's being very He's giving her space. He's giving her a ton of space, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And I think maybe that's why I feel bad for him in the second episode. Not feel bad for him, but feel for him emotionally. Like that episode is the first time that like I really like care for Owen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're doing what you should be doing. You fucked up and you're not pushing. Yeah. You're let's see how long this lasts. Yeah, you're just <laughs> giving her the space that she right. needs. And And it's making her talk to him. Yes. Like it's it's what yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like sad for him. I don't yeah. know. Because like he did a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I'm not excusing it. He just should have found a different... He should have just... They should have never been together. But, like, when he was that hurt, he should have found a different outlet. Continued therapy alone. Right. You know? Something. But he is a flawed, broken individual, and... Also, I think it's important that he's owning up to what he did. Yes. He's not, like, deny... He didn't deny it. He admitted it. Yeah. She might have never found out about that woman. Because he could... Like, she thought it was Emily. She admit... Or, you know, that girl. Yeah. And he was like, no, it wasn't her. Like, he could have just ended it there and never told her. But Absolutely. he did tell her. Um, it was in the... Right earlier, too, it was... The only thing that was weird to me is Derek is, like, saying to Meredith, you have to fix this with Hunt and Christina. And, like, because he can't deal with Sloan being the chief. Yeah. And I was like... Shut up. Yeah, it's not Meredith's job to fix... No, this is between them. Yeah. Um, And that's all I have. The only, we should have a douchebag segment where it was just one small thing that he was fine. Yeah. That's all I have as well. Um, my, I have one stray note. Yeah. I hate the word rip spreaders. Yeah, those are not great. The sound of either. Uh, Rip spreaders. I'm like, oh God, no. (laughs) That's my last note. That's a great note to end on. Yeah. Should we do notes and trivia? Yeah, go first. Okay. Um, Support System. This episode's title originated from the song Support System, originally sung by Liz Fair. My God, I used to love her song. Why can't I breathe whenever I I, think about you? That's such a good song. I'm going to listen to it on my home. Um, This episode scored 8.85 million viewers. 
This episode features several flashbacks to important moments in Christina and Owen's history, mostly from seasons five and seven. While trying to convince her to memorize old charts, April tells Lexi that as an attending next year, she will be giving recommendations for chief resident. Lexi is only a year behind April, so this cannot be true because Lexi would be would have been in her last year of residency before April could give the recommendation, okay? In one of the shots where Meredith is phoning Christina, Christina is crying, but in the next shot, she is not crying anymore. Wow. Maybe she stopped crying. Yeah. Also, I thought that that, for, that other one was going to say, this is not true because Lexi's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Girl No Name. This episode title, be <laughs> title originated from the song The Girl No Name, originally sung by The Birds. This episode scored 9.82 million viewers. During the episode, Christina is interviewed and wined and dined by several different hospitals. None of these is, coincidentally, the hospital where she wound up, the Mayo Clinic. Jackson ends up carving a soap ear. The carving prop was created by a plastic surgeon named Dr. Gregory Lackin, who uses the same teaching tool for other plastic surgeons. Interesting. All right, Catherine Fox Award. Did you have a different nomination? Well, you do yours first. I'm going to think a second. Uh, I had Meredith... Because she is there for Christina on the phone in solidarity. She's also there for Holly Wheeler, the patient. And she also ends up, she does put her career first and take the interview in Boston. I feel good about that. Because, like, the only other thing I can really think of maybe is, like, Callie. But she only really has that moment with Teddy. Chief was my other one. I was going to say Chief. Neil, Schust- Neil Schusterman. That's an author. Why did I say that? Neil. Neil. Also, he let Adele go. But also, I'm kind of weird about that. Yeah, so yeah. I feel good with Meredith. Great. She wins a lot. Well, I mean, it is her show. So. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 scalpels because I was bored. You were bored. I get it. Um, I would say, like, the Christina and Owen scenes, I, know. I would give them, like, a nine. Like, yeah. I really— Same. I felt, like, super emotional about those scenes and that storyline and it falling apart. But, yeah, the two episodes themselves, I'd probably give it a 6.5. Damn too. it. I thought for once you were going to rate higher than I was maybe going to give it a seven, but I think 6.5 sounds good. Okay, great. Um— once again, if you want to support the podcast, visit us at www.patreon.com slash theoncallroom. Leave us a review. Listen to us on Spotify. Um, like us on Instagram. At like the uncall room pod. <laughs> yeah, follow us. Follow us on like Instagram. Us. And thanks for joining us. Yes. Oh, and um, we will be getting into season nine, which will have more opportunities to co-host. So now is the time to become an attending yeah. on Patreon. Um, and get on here and chat with us. Please do. Okay. Time of death. Ooh. Are you going to do it? Yeah. 1956. Beep.